This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. everyone and welcome back to a long-anticipated football Alaturka. This will be a catch-all episode in which we will reflect on this past 2019-2020 season, which uh, of course will go down in history as the Corona season, obviously due to uh, the outbreak of the coronavirus a little over six months ago, I think now. Um, which also, of course, definitely had uh, its effect on the season and the end results of it. We will be discussing the results quickly of Match Day 33 and Match Day 34, as we did not do an episode last week due to simply not being able to align our schedules. Um, and then, of course, we will be reflecting on the reigning champion, the, the newly crowned champion, the first time uh, in their history, Istanbul Başakşehir. here. The Turkish League champion in the Super League, so uh, that brings the total of Turkish champions be from uh, the start of the 1959 uh, counter to five now, if I'm not mistaken. No, six, six champions. So uh, obviously, Fenerbahce, the first champions, Besiktas Galatasaray, Trabzonspor, Bursaspor in 2010, and now in 2020, we have. Istanbul Başakşehir here as the new champions of Turkey they will go directly to the Champions League in the group stages and uh, we'll see who goes to the playoffs for the Champions League but before we delve into all of that let's quickly uh, run down the results for match day 33 Jakub please take it away so match day 33 um, 3-1 against Göstepe Gaziantep and Kasım Pasha draw 2-2. Çaykur 3-0 against Yeni Malatyaspor. Trabzonspor 3-4 against Konyaspor. Ankara Gücü losing at home 1-0 against Antalyaspor. Sivaspor winning at home 2-0 against Gençlerbirliği. Beşiktaş winning at home 2-0 against Fenerbahçe. Başakşehir winning at home 1-0 against Kayserispor. And Alanyaspor ending the week with 1-0 uh, with a 1-0 win against Denizlispor. All right, and uh, can you also please quickly run down the results for Match Day 34, please? Yes, of course. Um, so uh, the week started with Antalya Sport hosting uh, Galatasaray at home with a 2-2 draw. Göstepe 3-1 at home against Sivaspor. Uh, Sebili losing 3-0 at home against Besiktas. Denizli Sport losing at home 1-0 against Ankara Yücü. Konya Sport losing at home 2-3 against, uh, against Alanya Sport. Um, Konyaspor, sorry, losing 2-3 against Alanyaspor. Uh, Kayserispor uh, losing 1-2 uh, at home against Trabzonspor. Yeni Malatyaspor losing 1-0 against Gaziantep Football Club. Fenerbahce winning at home 3-1 against Çaykur And Kasım Pasha uh, winning at home 3-2 against Başakşehir to end the season. Yeah, and that brings the findings, final standings of the season to the following at the top, of course, the champions of the 2019-2020 season, as we already talked about, are Midipol Istanbul Başakşehir Football Club. Congratulations to Istanbul Başakşehir. Hopefully they will represent Turkey well in the upcoming Champions League. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see if the Champions League actually uh, happens, because course we're heading into a second wave of corona right now so we'll have to see how all of that develops uh, but as it stands right now Bershakshir will be representing Turkey in the Champions League the other team that will be playing for the qualifiers of the Champions League right now as it currently stands will be Besiktas who are in third position obviously we will learn more about that situation this week as Trabzonspor's appeal to Kas will be addressed so Trabzonspor who 
received a European ban earlier this season would normally go to the Champions League playoffs. Um, but of course due to the European ban they will not. So we'll have to wait and see if their appeal is heard and if they uh, successfully manage to appeal that decision. If they do, then of course Trabzonspor will be going uh, to the Champions League playoffs. But as it currently stands, that will be Besiktas who finished in third position. Uh, over uh, Sivaspor who finished in fourth position. I don't think anyone would have uh, thought that a couple of weeks ago that Besiktas would manage to end above Sivaspor, especially given their head-to-head. -head. Then in fifth position we have Aitemis Alanyaspor. In sixth position Galatasaray. They have still a slim chance at European football, but I think they need Alanyaspor to win the, Tur the Turkish Cup for that to happen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or Trabzonspor, I guess. Just thinking right now. Actually, so it doesn't. Actually, does it, it matter? is like the Trabzonspor not going to the European Cups. Yeah, yeah it allows it, the sec uh, sixth place yeah, team yeah. to go to the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. So if Trabzonspor are not going to Europe, then Galatasaray are actually in uh, Europe next season. If Trabzonspor are allowed to go to Europe. Uh, then they and will, will need, be Alanyas. Then they need Alanya Sport to win the Turkish Cup in order to qualify for yeah. Europe. If I'm not mistaken, is that correct though? No, because because no. if Trabzonspor goes to Europe uh, uh, Champions League, then Besiktas will go to Europa League, and the mm. three teams that will go to uh, Europa League will be Alanya Sport, Sivasport, and Besiktas. Okay. Then in 7th uh, position we have Fenerbahce, in 8th position we have Gaziantep Football Club, in 9th position we have Antalya Spor, in 10th position we have Kasim Pasha, in 11th Gustepe, in 12th Genshterwili, in 13th position Konya Spor, in 14th position Denizli Spor, in 15th position Chaikur Rizes Spor, so that's the first, uh, is this correct? Yeah, 15th position, so Czech Sport in 15th. Am I looking at the wrong match day here? No. No, it's 15th um, yeah. Then uh, Yeni Malatya in 16th, then Kayseri in 17th, and Ankaragücü in 18th. So Rizespor avoided relegation, unlike we were talking about before, Jakub. <laughs> they avoided it. Oh. Anyway, so the team's dropping down to the second division. Will be Yeni Malatya Spor, Kayseri Spor, and Ankara Gudje. Coming up from the second division, we already know two of those teams that will be, of course, champions Hatay Spor and runners up Bükşehir Belediye Erzurum Spor, who yo yo back up. Today, uh, the matches, the playoffs were played and the final has been decided. Bursaspor are out of contention. They lost 4 1 to Adana Demirspor. And then finally, Fatih Karagumruk won 1 0 away at Akisar after drawing the first game 3 3. So the final promotional playoff will be Aki, uh, Fatih Karagumruk against Adana Demirspor. So either Fatih Karagumruk or Adana Demirspor will be joining us in the Super League next season. So just to reiterate there. Hatay Sport champions in the Birinci League in uh, Turkey, which is t technically the second tier of uh, Turkish football. Erzurum Sport coming up as well as the second, and then the third promotion uh, will be decided in a final match between Fatih Karagumruk and uh, Adana Demirspor. So, fingers crossed that we get to see another nice fan base next season with Adana Demirspor. That would be nice. But of course, Fatih Karagumruk, uh, we wish them all the best as well. So guys, let's uh, reflect a little bit on this past season. Uh, let's uh, quickly reflect a little on these past couple of weeks. Istanbul Başakşehir crowned the Turkish champions. They, to be fair, have been the most consistent team perhaps the, the past five or so years. They've come close on several occasions, but they finally get the job done now. Um, but can we maybe say that they did so because they didn't have a competition? competitor that held on until the end because we saw a collapse for Trabzonspor in these last couple of games we saw a collapse a huge collapse from Galatasaray ever since um, the corona restart basically they they uh, what did they do like seven losses in eight games and one draw or something 
um, since Corona, uh, since the Corona break, so to speak. Whereas in the past seasons, they have always had stiff competition that kept going until the final matches. And it was always Bishakshi here who faltered in that though, that final stretch of, of four or so games. But if we look now, the last three matches, Bishakshi here lose twice. It's not like they had a great ending to their season either. They're just crowned champion because Trabzonspor dropped the ball completely. Can we say that, Jakub? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's um, uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago. It was it was Basaksehir's to lose. They were pretty much uh, constantly the most consistent team in the league, um, attacking wise, defending wise, and um, you know they they just kept their heads straight on. Uh, the team never uh, the team never had like big issues with uh, with anything at all, um, and you know they just they just kept kept their heads straight. Uh, Okanbrook did a great job. Having the players motivated and uh, you know keeping their eyes on the goal, and um, yeah, they they definitely benefited from uh, the traditional big four being being pretty bad outside of Trabzonspor, and um, <clears throat> you know Trabzonspor pretty much dropping the ball after the coronavirus uh, uh, resumed uh, the league. It is uh, you know you you can blame Trabzonspor I think, but. I don't know. I don't know. I think that if 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 you look at, if you look at the tables for for an example, Basaksehir played 17 games at home. They were they uh, they got like 40 points off of those games, and the traditional four had 35, 30, uh, 32, and 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 even lower. You know, and if you look at the away games, they are they are once again in the top two, top three. So uh, they are just consistent at home, consistent away. Um, they they deserved it pretty much all year long, and um, you know Trabzonspor collapsing made, made made it just that much easier for them. But sixty nine points for a champion that is never uh, impressive. I think uh, anything under seventy five points to me is kind of like having a mess season where you probably just didn't have strong enough competition. I, it, it rarely happens that a, a team. Uh, has a has a has a fond memory of a season, so to speak, without any having more than like 74, 75 points, and sixty nine. Just I, I can't remember a, a champion with sixty nine points except for maybe Galatasaray in two thousand twelve or something, or two thousand thirteen. What was it? Um, well, Galatasaray last year won the league with sixty nine points again. Wow. So <laughs> you know, I I, I I think that if you if you if you look at the current uh, standings of the league, I think. Um, this year was was a pretty great season because it's 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 really close to each other, you know. Mm. So, um, you know, the big the big four maybe has dropped has dropped some balls because of uh, you know injury issues and uh, other other kind of issues that are uh, outside of the football played on on the pitch. Mm -hmm. But you can also say that the smaller teams have have, have done much better. Sivasspor and Alliance for being in the top five is not something that is normally happening. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe it's maybe the, with uh, maybe the season ending with uh, with with, uh, with with a champion that has only sixty nine points means that it's more competitive. You know, depending on what side of uh, what side of the glass you're on and with how you're looking at it. But I, I agree that when uh, when there's a team that has more than like eighty points, um, that it seems much more fun. You know. Yeah, I mean, more fun in the sense maybe for those people that watch that team. I mean. Uh, 69 points just feels a little bit like winning a race of blind people and the guy that one has like one eye or something. You know what? I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Bad description, but I don't know. It's it's it feels a little. It's not very glamorous. I'll put it that way. It's it's not a mo the most impressive title victory. Uh, as well, I think with losing two of their last three matches is kind of like okay, you know. Uh, you, you, I think. I mean, may, to be to be fair, maybe if Trabzonspor uh, hadn't dropped the ball uh, like two weeks ago or something, and and the pressure was on t today, they might have uh, won the match easily. You don't know how that goes, of course. Uh, that's football, and uh, they already were the champions going into the match, so that that also factors in. We shouldn't uh, underestimate that, of course. I think the same thing happened with Galatasaray last season, I think, where the last match they just didn't have any pressure anymore to win, so then you automatically see that a lot of uh, 
players just let go a little bit of all the pressure and uh, has a deflating effect and then there's like a lesser performance on that final match day and it might give a little bit of a of a wrong view but still though i think um Trabzonspor, i'm a little disappointed in in their final stretch but definitely corona played a factor and we talked about that a couple of months ago where bashakshir that we all kind of thought that Bashakshir had the advantage going into um, the restart, so to speak, because they're used of playing before in front of no people, basically. Whereas for Galatasaray, for Trabzonspor, for Besiktas, for Fenerbahce, for those clubs, it's very important to have their home fans there. Uh, that's what gives them an edge over the competition, and uh, I, that that definitely came in play. I think. Uh, it, it, maybe it is a little bit poetic justice that Bashakshi here wins the season that ends with no fans in the stands. Any thoughts on that, guys? <laughs> I mean, you know, with the current climate, it's probably the, the, the sensible thing to do, but I don't really think that if, if there wasn't the coronavirus thing going around, that we would see much more fans, you know, because... Um, yeah, it it all seems just fake to me. When 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 there are people just on Twitter celebrating uh, the wins, um, celebrating the championship, it, it it just seems like they are doing that to, to push the buttons of of Trabzonspor fans and 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 whatever whatever other fans there are. Yeah. So I don't really think they have quite you know real fans. Yeah, and they retired uh, number the number twelve jersey today in honor of Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan as well so um, they're definitely gonna score some points there <laughs> uh, yeah um, Bashakshi here the champions of Turkey congratulations once again uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the faltering of Sivaspor maybe then because they've had a great season but unlike Alanya Spor, who I feel have been kind of consistent throughout the season, they had a little bit of rough patches here and there, but they started the season well, they finished the season strong, they played a factor, a big factor in the championship the winner, because, I mean, they did, they are one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I think that Trabzonspor did not win the title, because of that, 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 that loss of points against Alanya Spor uh, coming out of the corona break, that was... I think immediately uh, a big shock to Trabzonspor um, and yeah Alanyaspor definitely played a role this season and like I said I think they ended the season on a high note as well Sivaspor on the other hand top of the table for the majority of the season but faltering in, in, in the second half of the season uh, losing their leads uh, week by week um, but still I don't think anyone would have predicted Besiktas to end above both Sivaspor and Galatasaray at the end of the season, but they did. Um, kudos to Sergen Yalcin who came in uh, instead of Abdullah Avci. In I believe he coached three games less and uh, or two games less and got, had like three more points or something than Avci. Uh, but more importantly, I think uh, what he did is is he did it with a lot less uh, quote unquote quality. I mean, with a lot of departures, uh, like, for example, Lois Car uh, Carius, who left, of course, uh, during the corona break. So um, he had to give the give the jersey to a young 19-year-old player, Ersin Destanolo, who had never played a single match in the Super League in his career. He played the final eight games of the season now, made a couple of mistakes. I think one really big one against Kayseri Sport a couple of weeks ago. But apart from that, left a very good impression, in my opinion. Uh, Besiktas in general played a lot uh, more attacking football. Some would say better football. I would be one of those people. Uh, what did you guys think of Besiktas' comeback under Sergen Yelchin? What did you think of Sergen's... Uh, impact on the team do you see a big difference with him and uh, and and Abdullah Avci and what do you guys think of uh, Ersin Destanolo for example and uh, Ridwan Yilmaz another young player that got quite a few minutes well for me it's quite really good uh, for Sargan to be involved in Besiktas uh, success this year because uh, he improved himself after having coaching the uh, Yeni Malatya Spor, Alanya Spor and then Konya Spor. And his last stop is right now is Besiktas and 
uh, having seen him uh, under the Besiktas bench this year is quite amazing. Uh, after those years, he has been playing as a player and now he is coaching in the bench of Besiktas and giving time to those youngsters uh, on the field like Ridvan and uh, Arsene Destinel, as you said. And he clearly stated that he doesn't need any uh, foreigner keeper under these circumstances of the foreigner rule. And right now he's he has his trust on Arsene Destinel, no matter how bad he is on the field, because uh, it's because of his age and he thinks that uh, he will improve himself uh, during this uh, upcoming season. And same applies to Ridvan Yilmaz. And maybe Kartal Yilmaz uh, will show himself uh, during the next season and have some chances uh, on the midfield. Uh, and also, you see, he uh, gave some chances to uh, Guan Yalchin as well. And he scored an uh, awesome goal uh, in the previous weeks. Uh, so we can say that he influenced a lot of well. Uh, to Besiktas team uh, since he came uh, one difference to him uh, what differs him from uh, Abdul Hawji is that I think he can control the you know pressure uh, as he is very used to it during his play days but uh, he knows how to handle the pressure uh, under certain circumstances uh, and that applied really well to Besiktas and he didn't make some, you know, awkward decisions during the time. So uh, Besiktas came up well after those uh, tough weeks and tough uh, fixtures. So ended up well and now they are going to Champions League and they are really promising really well. Well, we'll have to wait and see about uh, them going to the Champions League, of course. I I'm kind of expecting for Cast to overturn the UEFA decision, especially after they did the uh, same for, for Manchester City. Um, I, I think Trabzonspor's uh, infractions are probably a lot less heavy than uh, Manchester City. But we will find out this week uh, what happens to Trabzonspor, whether they can go to Europe or not. Uh, hopefully they can, in my opinion. I think it's it's if we look at the teams that are currently qualified for Europe, I think uh, having Trabzonspor in Europe next season would definitely benefit uh, Turkish football and the coefficients. As a Besiktas fan, of course, I do hope Besiktas get that Champions League ticket because they need the money desperately. But the question is, can Besiktas in the current condition without a lot of a budget truly compete for Champions League spots. The teams they will be facing uh, will probably be the likes of uh, teams like Dynamo Kiev, Shakhtar, uh, not Shakhtar, sorry, uh, Benfica, teams like that, um, if they manage to get to that final, to the playoffs, that is. Uh, so it, it might not even be that easy for to get into the Champions League. But obviously, if Bishop would manage to do that, that's another uh, 20, 25 million euros or something in their pockets, which could, uh, I think, any club in Turkey right now uh, desperately needs that type of cash. Uh, so selfishly, uh, from a Bishop fan point of view, I hope, of, of course, that Trabzon will get that ban so Bishop have a chance at Champions League football. But as a Turkish football fan in general, I do hope Trabzon Spor, uh, that their ban is lifted because they are one of the strongest teams that Turkey have at the moment. Um, the interesting thing is going to be to see now Galatasaray, who might not have uh, European football next season. They have a very heavy wage bill uh, with, the, uh, with the signings of the likes of Radam Alfakao and such. And also, they have a lot of players on loan that I no doubt uh, would they would have attempted to keep had they not uh, missed out on Champions League football but guys like Mario Lemina uh, John Michael Siri those types of players I don't think Galatasaray will be able to retain them uh, for another year on loan uh, Younes Belhanda Sofian Figuli guys who are on really high wages Khalama Falcao who is on really high wages we are already seeing a sort of an exodus at Besiktas where uh, Burak Yilmaz, uh, just before this last, last match against Kenshterberli, he, uh, well, it was announced that he would be leaving the team. He is apparently going to Lille in France. Um, of course, Loris Carius had already left prior to all of this. Um, 
And uh, yeah, Gokhan Gunul, Janer Erkin are apparently going to be leaving the club as well. Um, and Victor Ruiz last week, he uh, terminated his contract with Besiktas. Uh, there are some rumors that he actually uh, might uh, be going to Galatasaray, but it's going to be interesting to see how Galatasaray are going to be able to uh, pay a guy like him, uh, given their current wage budget. Are we going to see an, a mass exodus at Galatasaray of the high-wage uh, players, do you think, Umut? Well, it's quite hard to you know, uh, deal with those wages uh, right now as we won't get any Champions League prize money uh, after our finishing sixth uh, in this season. So it will be really hard uh, to, you know, compensate that money. And we still have Falcao to deal with, uh, with his massive wage. Uh, and we have Embaia Diagne coming back as well. Uh, Maicon coming back. And we'll have a large pool of foreigners we have to get rid of first then we have to deal with the wages uh, the ones we have left uh, on our team uh, and we also will have to buy some Turkish players uh, to come up with the foreigner rule uh, new foreigner rule and uh, I've seen that we, we were linked with uh, Emre Klinch, Mert Hakan, Yandash, Emre Çolak, uh, Semikaya, and even Arda. I don't know what will happen uh, in this case uh, because the president Mustafa Cengiz is completely against uh, taking Arda to the team uh, because of his uh, manners in his previous years, you know, his uh, lunacy. Uh, Arda is uh, definitely a risk to take. Uh, nobody has, uh, you know, has any questions of doubt in his talent because Arda has massive talent. But the thing is that he ha doesn't have his head on the field. Mm -hmm. He he's always roaming around in the streets, uh, in social media, doing awkward things, and you know he's. I don't know what he's thinking doing those, uh, you know, what uh, crazy things. Uh, and his career is uh, full of all that, you know. He, every single time you see him doing a wrong thing over and over again, and he doesn't even apologize, and he comes up with a new thing uh, afterwards. Uh, and this is why I get uh, our president uh, about his decision not to buy Arda. But uh, as we see that uh, Fatih Terim is on the side of buying Arda Turan to the team because of his talent and thinking that he might, uh, you know, get over Arda's mind to make him focus on the field and do whatever he does best on the field uh, during these times yeah. uh, because a good Arda uh, on a team uh, could be useful even though he is right now 33 years old uh, you know mm -hmm. our captain uh, Salchikinan uh, has retired in his uh, 35 35th age uh, right now Arda is uh, 33 years old with a two uh, two previous seasons uh, he hasn't even played consistently yeah, you know, he, has, after, he has been released from his contract for over six months now so he hasn't yeah. even touched the ball probably yeah like uh, he played like uh, 10 or 15 games in these past three or two years for Başakşehir but nothing more uh, after his departure from Barcelona mm -hmm. so it will be a quite a lot of risk uh, to take him under these circumstances and uh, it's been mentioned and rumored that uh, Janar Arkin is involved in Galatasaray's transfer list uh, which is a similar thing to do with Arda uh, because you know uh, Janar is a ticking bomb on the field uh, and off the field uh, but at least Janar is, is a professional in the sense yeah, that he like, keeps uh, his... he's not 
as risky as Arda Turan, but because of his age, I think he is same age as our age as Arda. Uh, he's no, like, no, he's from. from uh, he's he's thirty one now. Thirty one. Yeah. So nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's uh, quite. It could be quite well to have uh, have a Turkish left back, uh, even though uh, we have. M- Right now, Marcelo Saracci there uh, has uh, still left with a uh, one-year loan uh, with his return to uh, Leipzig right now. So I think we can like rely on two players on the left back right now. But I don't know what to do with the uh, left players on the uh, foreigner rule. Well, let's talk about Fatih Terim for a second. Do you think that after uh, the way this season went, do you think that Fatih Terim should stay or should he go? Yeah, he should definitely stay because I don't think he, it it was his mistake that we, you know, we went downwards after the pandemic in, uh, epidemic incidents uh, because. Mm. But uh, also, the, the first half of the season, the performance was abysmal. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that, but it was because of the uh, wrong transfer politics. Uh, because uh, the you know the purchase of Ryan Bubble was uh, really bad because it, it was like uh, for four years or five years that Galatasaray's left wingers were really great and succeeded. Uh, Year after year, starting with uh, the transfer of Bruma in, uh, but but you're 2013. But if you like, look at at Ryan Babel's recent track record as well, he's, he's still performing really well for the Dutch national team. He performed really well. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. As well. But, but, but isn't it a little is, one-dimensional from a coach as Fatih Terim that he can't mm-hmm. get uh, the system uh, to work without a fast winger? Uh, yeah, but the thing is that uh, he's teammates on the other teams are like uh, how energetic and fast uh, pacey wingers like in the Dutch national team you can see Memphis Depay uh, and Luciano Narsing uh, Bergwijn uh, kind of players helping him out on the field uh, and he has a great passer like Wijnaldum and I don't know there are like so many players he can play and pass the, and go forward with but uh, in a team like us right it's really static uh, you can't make Falcao run uh, for the overlaps uh, during the game for like multiple times he's not kind of a player like Burak is like uh, he's more like a pivot you know he's static and he makes off the ball runs inside the you know penalty area inside the box uh, if you carry the ball down there but uh, if you want to counterattack and uh, you know respond to those uh, attacks with a fast break, you need a fast-paced winger. And Galatasaray didn't have it uh, in until the uh, you know until the half of the season. Uh, and the the time when we changed our formation according to Onyekuru and give Babel to uh, Ajax. Uh, the things changed and we started to make uh, fast-paced attacks afterwards and you know we can rely we we could rely on the uh, fast breaks and counter-attacks much more because uh, early our only fast player was Omar Bayram and he's not fast at all you know mm-hmm. uh, we only relied on him and Emre Moore you know and so, Emre Moore uh, is like another so- player to rely on as well so, would your opinion uh, differentiate at all at Galatasaray not gotten a historical win for the first time in this century away at Fenerbahce in Kadikoy? Is that something that maybe kind of uh, softens the blow a bit uh, to the no, no, it was, the it was that that game was the definition and the pinpoint thing. The that can show that how good uh, Galatasaray performed under uh, Fatih after. He changed his uh, formation according to his needs, uh, and you know, uh, because he got wrong players at the f- start of the season and changed it during the half time, uh, 
uh, transfer period, like he's uh, he, you know, buying Sarachi and Onyekuru there made the change uh, because our left wing became more fast, more you know, how can I say, energetic. Yeah, yeah, I understand. yeah we can. But, but, uh, we could rely on there, and Emrak Baba returned uh, during the time as well. But, but and still, though, after the return from Koroma, the the, the implosion of Galatasaray, not a single win, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah, it's yeah, two that, draws, that, right? I mean, because the thing is that uh, I think that Fatirim uh, made the team uh, go according to a passing game and practiced on it, uh, and the passing game requires practice on my point of view so uh, if you lose that kind of practice and not do it for a long time like two months or three months so you lose the you know harmony inside the team in on the field you know this okay. it's only works if you practice it much more uh, so when you lose that habit on the field uh, to play the fast-paced passing play the counter-attacking play uh, and the players you use as well uh, because after the pandemic we lost all of our attackers we lost the defenders and mm -hmm. the Onyekuru Onyekuru went away yeah. so and injuries, uh, you know, like you said so, like we didn't have any more players to play with so I don't blame Fatir for that manner because he couldn't have anything to do uh, he's not the one one to blame. Okay, and then quickly, uh, final conclusion about uh, Galtrai not having any Champions League money, possibly not having any European income uh, next season. How heavily do you think that will impact the transfer policy for the club uh, in the next couple of uh, weeks going into next season? Well, I hope that will teach them a lesson not to, you know waste all of that money on a single player like how did they how they did on Falcao's transfer like and right now I hope they will use their head once this time and uh, they'll just you know use their own academic players uh, more often than they do and they'll just some uh, they'll just some sa save some money uh, afterwards uh, How many minutes did Yunus Agun get, by the way, these last uh, eight games or so? Uh, I think like around 15 or something. <laughs> like, so okay. uh, he scored in the, his last game, but uh, it wasn't like he only lasted about two minutes on the field. Uh, he only scored an empty net, but uh, I think the thing that... Uh, Yunusakun should have gone to Anderlecht, was it uh, at yeah, the time? Supposedly. They offered supposedly. some money for him, but for some reason, I don't know what, but his transfer didn't happen. Uh, so at the time, he was scoring three goals in a game in Turkish Cup against, uh, it was Boluspor or something. Uh, he scored three goals and made one assist. So he was quite on form uh, on those times and he should have gone to Europe uh, to any mm -hmm. team that yeah. he can improve himself and uh, get some play time yeah. Yeah. and you mentioned that loan I think our big teams need their affiliate clubs uh, need to have some affiliate clubs yeah. in Europe you know yeah, in like Swiss League or Swedish League or something like I don't know the Austrian Netherlands or Belgium for sure. Uh, yeah, but let's 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 move on because we have some other clubs too to yeah. talk about too. You mentioned uh, the retirement of your captain Sajuk Inan. Another captain retired uh, this weekend. Emre Belozolo, captain of Fenerbahce, of course, he will go into the coaching staff of Fenerbahce. He had already kind of been uh, running the show the last couple of uh, matches as well alongside some other people. Um, Emre Belozolo. Retiring from Turkish football, uh, aged nearly 40. I don't think he's had his birthday yet. He's from 1980, so uh, he he scored and played in, in what is it, three decades uh, or four decades even? What is it? 
four. Three or four decades. Inc oh. Incredible, really. Uh, Amber Bellozolo, a very polarizing figure uh, on and off the pitch, not liked by everyone, but I think as a footballer, respected by most, uh, one of Turkey's greatest uh, talents in uh, at least modern history. Emre Belozolo ending his career at Fenerbahce and uh, yeah, so uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to go see what how his coaching career is going to develop now. He is also one of those guys that had an amazing playing career, knows how to cope with pressure and all that. It'll be interesting to see him on the sidelines. Maybe we can see his his volcanic temperament on the sidelines as well. It would be uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see in what type of a coach he is going to uh, develop. And uh, will he do so at, at Fenerbahce? Has that been announced? Do you guys know if he is going to be coaching Fenerbahce next season, or is he just going to be in the coaching staff? Do we know anything? Uh, about that? I think he mentioned about like going to the bench, but I don't know about the you know manage management stuff. Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think Ali Koch mentioned something about having meetings with people for next season in regards to the coaching position. Another uh, point on, on Fenerbahce, apparently UEFA are going to be withholding their UEFA prize money for Fenerbahce as well. Uh, that's something I, I recently heard. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed, but I find, I find it a little dodgy that UEFA are going to be withholding prize money in, for clubs uh, in this time where I think clubs need it more than ever. Um, they they did say that they were going to loosen a little bit on the financial fair play things and, and then they start throwing out bans and stuff like that. I find it a little bit counterintuitive and a little bit weird. Um, but yeah, uh, let's quickly talk about Sivasport because of course we do know that they're going to be losing a couple of their key players like Emre Kilinch, like Mertakan Yandas. They had a fantastic season, but they did miss out on the third spot on the final match day. I don't think anyone really thought it realistic for Besiktas to still end above them uh, going into this final match day uh, as uh, Besiktas were away against Sterberli and, and uh, Sivas were away at Gustepe. I think people expected at least Sivasport to get a win there, but it didn't happen for them there really good season ends in fourth place a little bit of a disappointment probably for them because for a long time I think they were believing in the title but they did kind of collapse a little bit in the second half of the season but we've been saying it for a long time already they do lack some quality I think they were punching above their weight for a long time uh, with players like Mustafa Yatabare, Aruna Kone, who is already in the twilight of his career, uh, and then of course Mert Hakan and Emre Kilinc, who were uh, tremendous this season. But uh, we've spoken about it before already. Galatasaray are interested, Fenerbahce are interested. I, I think any club really should be interested. Uh, in them, especially maybe uh, Basakshir now as well, with, with the news of Irfan Jankaveji probably going to Sevilla. They will be having uh, an opening in that midfield. Uh, of course, Mertakan and Emre are both more uh, attacking midfielders. But so was Irfan Can when he was against Terbeli, and he played a, a little bit more of a, of a central role, uh, doing both the, the dirty work and the attacking work. So uh, maybe uh, either of them could fit in there as well. Uh, what did you guys think of the cap off to Sivasport season? I mean, they 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 started well. Um, we talked about them numerous times. I I I I said a couple of times that they are pretty much um, dependent on some of their um, older players, some of their more uh, experienced players, punching a little bit over their uh, over their uh, over their weights. Um, they were they were really lucky to have uh, Kone and Yatabare perform really well, and um, having having Mertakan and Emre Kulunj both having pretty awesome uh, awesome seasons for for their relatively um, relatively okay careers until now. Um, that just helped them, you know, get get better and better. But um, as you said, they uh, once they once they dropped off, they they uh, they just never looked back. You know, they. Um, um, they lost against Gaziantep um, in in like the twentieth match week, um, which helped, uh, which 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 made Trabzonspor catch up to them, and then they had like an absolutely horrible um, horrible horrible schedule. You know, they played Başakşehir, they played Trabzonspor, they played Alanyaspor, uh, they played Galatasaray, and you know, I think that um, that couple of games back to back to back to back um, pretty much just tired them out. Um, and after playing uh, after playing against Galatasaray, the the coronavirus uh, stopped the league for a while. So um, 
you know, they never really were able to recover from 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 all those games. You know, get into match uh, match fitness, get into uh, the rhythm of the games and stuff. So they lost like points against um, against pretty much everybody on the on like the uh, like like the bottom of the league. They lost points against Konyaspor, against Kayserispor, against Malatya, and when you're playing. Uh, you know, for for like the top three, and you have you have one of your better seasons uh, in in recent memory. You just have to cap those games off really quickly. You know, you just can't afford to lose valuable points against teams that just um, are pretty much destined to either uh, either drop off the drop off of the league at the end of the season or just hold on. You know, and mm-hmm. um, we've seen it with Trabzonspor. We've seen it. Uh, We've seen it happening at Trabzonspor. We've seen it uh, happening at uh, uh, at Sivaspor. And when you have like a championship mentality, uh, that's what I think that Sivas also had. Um, the moment you start losing points against teams that uh, in your mind you already won against, um, that's when it just goes down and down and down. You know, it spirals out of control. And I think that that's pretty much what's happened at um, uh, at Sivaspor. Um, I'm you know I I quite like Reza Chalumbay, but I don't think that. He's uh, he's like uh, uh, like a trainer that can hold on to the intensity of a whole season. When he was at Trabzonspor, he was really good for the first half of the season, and then he then he messed it up the second half. It might be just you know confirmation bias because I I've seen it happen uh, in real time, so to say, with Trabzonspor. But if you, if you just look at the first half of the season, they have um, in their first 17 games they have two losses and uh five draws you know four draws and that's unbelievable you know if you're if you're playing yeah, if you're playing in a pretty pretty hard a pretty difficult league but the second half of the season they have like um like six defeats like five draws and when you have like 17 games six five there's like 11 games and there's they have only six wins over 17 games of the second half you know it's the numbers don't lie if you if you don't if you don't score if you don't get um if if you if you can't keep the ball out of your own net, um, you will just keep on losing points. You know they they have pretty uh, they had pretty uh, they had pre- they had games with a lot of goals, yeah. but when they scored like two, they also conceded two. When they scored like, you know, they 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 were just uh, I think the mentality uh, you know the uh, their spirit just broke. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, they were punching way over their limits and um, they were just they they couldn't help they couldn't hold on you know. Yeah, in first half of the season, 37 points. Second half of the season, 23 points. There's a 14-point gap there. I think that 23 points for the squad that they have is probably realistic. And I think in, a, in any other season, they probably would have done something similar in the first half, and they would be around 45, 46 points maybe, and, and just have a good season. Now they had, on paper, a really good season, but I think, in yeah probably they'll be disappointed coming out of the season the second half performance just does cannot live up to that first half but like i said and like you also said like that first half of the season they just punched way above their weight and just got an an insane amount of points Uh, but a fantastic season for them nonetheless Uh, i'm sure they would have liked to cap it off with at least a third position and maybe uh, a champions league playoff ticket but uh I don't know. I mean, uh, I think Uzer said it in our group chat as well. Like, at least Besiktas kind of have a fighting chance. Sivas Sport would probably just go out. But you never know. It's football, of course. And 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 to be fair, like I told Uzer as well, I don't know if Besiktas truly have a fighting chance right now, given the the current conditions with all the players that are leaving and and with the, not really the the chance to really get uh, a lot of quality players with, with at least not to spend a lot of money. Let's put it that way. Talking about quality players. Um, Sirlot, Alexander Sirlot, has Trabzonspor already activated his buyout clause, or are we going to get another Mario Gomez uh, on our hands? Um, no, they haven't uh, activated it because his buyout clause is tied to um, Trabzonspor uh, playing him for like at least fifty percent of the games next year, and there is like no way that I can see him not playing uh, 50, uh, at least the half of the, all the games that we're playing next year, if you can. I, I don't even think he even, uh, he didn't play at, he pretty much played every game this year in the league. And um, yeah, as I said, he, he is he is bound to playing, like if, if he plays 50% of the games next year, he will be, he, Trapsonspor has to buy him 
for uh, for six million, which is pretty much just like you know, it's unbelievably cheap for a player of his stature. Um, but he had like a uh, he had like an interview after the game uh, on, on on Saturday, and he said, you know, I can't wait to be back next year, and um, you know, I'm 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 here, and I won't really it, it, what it what it what it ended on was pretty much that day. he's here and he won't really go anywhere. Um, but you know, his contract binds him here, so even if he wants to go, he can't really go. Um, but um, even I, I don't know, I, I really don't know if if Trabzonspor can buy him outright for six million without without having to play him next year. You know, it would be horrible if he um, if he gets a, gets a nasty injury and misses a lot of games, which uh, you know, knock on wood, it it doesn't happen. But I hope that even you know, I hope that nothing happens and we can just uh, snag him up for six million because he, pretty much, yeah, you know, I, I'm biased, but he's pretty much like the best player uh, this 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 year by far. Had, yeah, unfortunately, a little bit of a drop off in uh, in goal scoring form in uh, the the Corona post Corona uh, time, so to speak. Um, but you know, of course, that has to do with the drop off of the team in general. You, of course, mentioned off air uh, the loss of uh, Obi Mikel definitely had an impact there. We already spoke about uh, Henry Onyekuru leaving prematurely, Loris Karius leaving prematurely, Victor Ruiz leaving prematurely, a lot of players leaving their clubs before the end of the season, um, which also might have uh, definitely hurt uh, some some clubs, uh, especially Trabzonspor with that uh, departure of Obi Mikel. I have had discussions with Trabzonspor fans who, who really d- diminished his role in the team but uh, you, uh, especially Jakub, you've said like he had a slow start, but he was really becoming more and more important in that team as time progressed. And uh, he was a little bit uh, the glue, maybe holding uh, the defense and the, and the attack together in midfield there. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of became uh, an issue after uh, the whole Corona crisis. And maybe that's something that cost him the title. Maybe Unal Karaman's departure, maybe both. Um, yeah, unfortunately, a, a, a big missed opportunity, I think, for Trabzonspor to uh, clinch uh, the title this season. Uh, but let's move on a little bit to the, those other uh, decisions that were made at the bottom of the table. Like we said already, Yeni Malatya Spor, Kayseri Spor and Ankara Gücü are going down. Um, yeah, no big surprise with Kayseri Sport, despite a really good comeback in the last couple of weeks. Uh, curious is as well that they all end on the same amount of points, 32, which is definitely not the worst. Usually you always have a team that's like really low, like 15, 16, 17, 18 points. This season we have three teams that, um, yeah, they did. Uh, for example, Ankaragücü, in my opinion, they had, despite the fact that they had a transfer ban and everything and everyone thought they were dead in the water uh they still had an okay season i think uh the second half of the season of course they managed to lift that ban bring in a bunch of players but it wasn't enough they did the same last season and then managed to avoid relegation that way didn't work out that way this time yeni malatya spore really good first half of the season um then ended up sacking sergey yalchin after not winning a couple of games and pretty much it's been all downhill since then um, they sacked him, I think, right after New Year, after going out of the Turkish Cup, and they barely won a single game um, since that, and went down. Perhaps a little bit karma there for uh, firing a coach that had done, all in all, a really good job with you in the previous months. Also had a, an interesting run in, uh, in in Europe, where they narrowly went out against Partizan. Uh, in my opinion, still because they should have always had a penalty, but the referee didn't give it. No VAR in the Europa League qualifiers definitely hurt them. But if you remember, and I'm going to put a feather on my cap right now, I predicted they would relegate this season because of European football (laughs) fixture congestion. I don't know if that ended up having anything to do with it, but I was right. They relegated. Um, Yeah. Big losses for the Turkish league, you guys think? Ankaragücü, Kayseri, Malatya Spor. Uh, Jakub, what do you think? Is, is any of those teams like a really big loss for the league? Um, no, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't really generally uh, have a lot of attention to, to like the bottom of the league um, because it, it kind of seems like the teams that 
go down, return like either the season after or the season, like two seasons after. Um, you know, I, I, I am a little bit of a fan of Kaiser Sport. I really just couldn't tell you the reason why. I, I don't know why. I, I know I, the I, reason. Which is? Burak hates them. Oh yeah, that could that yeah that could be that could be, and I love and I love Burak, so you know it's easy to it's easy to hate you know it's easy to uh, love Kaisers, but now I don't know I don't really have a connection with either of them. I know that um, you know they uh, some of some of the some of the fans will be you know devastated because you 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 know you you spend like a lot of time uh, trying to get to a certain position. We have you know teams like Ankara Gujarat that have been uh, you know that have been founded like like at least like a century back um one could say that it's you know they kind of deserve uh, you know better than to constantly go up and go down but you know that's that's just the spirit of football you can do really you can't uh you can't just predict anything um i'm i'm quite happy to have a a, a new couple of teams you know i i don't did, did hot ice for and you know play for play in the super league like any any time in their history nope you know, I like stuff like that. I like it when, uh, when pretty young teams—no, uh, not, not to say young, but pretty um, average teams—are are able to get uh, get to the top of the, you know, get to the top of the second uh, division and you know join the Super League. I just hope with everything in my heart that they won't go the normal route of, you know, getting some um, random dude that played like uh, like a exhibition match at one like like a. Like an AC Milan or something, and pay him like a buttload of money just so they can, you know, say we got a player. Yeah. And you uh, know, just... rumors are that Samet Ibaba will be their coach next season. Okay. Hat for Hatay. <laughs> the carousel, <sighs> the carousel in working. Yeah, uh, there they go, there they go once again. I I thought it was it was a really dick move by the way because um, Hatay Hatay Sport had their uh, their their manager pretty much uh, yeah. was the reason why they went up and the guy. Had like four teams in the last four years or something that he brought up to the Super League, but every time he brings them up to the Super League, they just sack the guy. So he's never but, uh, able. He came to, to Gust. He came to Gustepe. Eh? Yeah, Ilham did Palut. he? Ilham Palut. Yeah, yeah. This is a Gustepe coach. Oh, so nice, he, nice. he definitely uh, moved up in the world a little bit. So he will hopefully for him be coaching uh, against Hatay Sport next season. The reason I know all this is, of course, my good friend Yusuf. Uh, is a big Hatay fan. He is also from Hatay. So shout out to you, Yusuf, if you're listening. And if you're not, fuck you, dude. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, potty mouth. Um, yeah, I think that'll cover it uh, the, for the majority. Uh, we will, of course, uh, be re re reviewing uh, transfers and all that coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. There will be more transfer developments. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. We also still have to talk a little bit about that foreigner limit, but I think we're kind of out of time right now. Um, but quick uh, recap on that. Uh, the TFF announced that they will be reintroducing a foreign limit for next season. Um, Galatasaray have uh, already stated that they are outright against it. Sergei Yelchin, Bistesh's coach last season, also uh, made it very clear that he thinks it's ridiculous, uh, but no official statement from the club there, which Uzer was very disappointed about. Um, I think not a lot of positive reactions I've seen on the foreign limit, and of course we can completely understand that we have already made our feelings clear on that matter multiple times We've even done a special episode on a potential return of the foreign limit a couple of months ago. Um, I don't know. I, 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 in the current economical climate, I can see it have a little bit of an advantage. Just because I think now, instead of buying expensive Turks, our clubs are going to be forced to give chances to the youth. And we're already seeing that Besiktash with Ersin and with Ridwan and then maybe with other players in the future. And also maybe instead of going for an Emre Kilinc and a Mert Hakanyandas and offering them a big fat contract, maybe we're going to get more and more uh, players that are going to be gotten in, in, in the second division or the third division. Stuff like that. Um, to, Lots of things going on there already with, with, with the big clubs looking to fishing in that pool. I think a pool that they maybe weren't looking at beforehand. I mean, look at a guy like Emery Kilinc, for example. He comes out of that pool. He's not somebody that Sivaspor developed. He is somebody that did come out of the second division, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and actually worked his way up that way. Maybe we're going to see a little bit more of that. Of course, the negative aspect is always that now Turkish players who don't have the great, in general, generally speaking, don't have the greatest work ethic 
are going to be able to be complacent again because they have their guaranteed spots on the teams again. But we've spoken about that a lot in the past. I would refer you to our previous episodes on that. Um, I think this will do it for this episode of Football Turka, in which we have reviewed a little bit, looked back a little bit on these last couple of match days uh, and, and the, the, yeah, the the crowning achievement for Bashakshir winning the title. Jakub and Umut, I want to thank you two very much. Uh, unfortunately, Burak and Uzra couldn't be here with us this week, but I'm sure we will uh, find um, a, a time in, in the upcoming weeks where we can all... Uh, sit around and talk some football again. Um, the the new season is scheduled to start on, I believe, the 13th of September, guys. No official word on that yet, I think, but I believe the, the Premier League is starting on the 13th of September as well. I think uh, the Super League is scheduled to start around that time too. There's all, the, the teams are only taking a two-week break, I know that. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, as well, Troubles and Sports Cast's decision will be coming up soon, so uh, we'll, ha- we'll we'll definitely come back to that as well. So once again, Jakub, Umut, thanks very much, and thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Football Aaturka. And I apologize that there wasn't an episode last week, but we simply couldn't make it work. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Au revoir. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>